This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday. That is also on 105.3 The Fan. And he is the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Brian, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. And uh, you're hearing the voice of uh, Bobby Belt, also of 105.3 <laughs> The Fan. Uh, man of Love of the Star podcast. Man of uh, Insider, Cowboy Insider for 105.3 The Fan. Uh, what job do you not have as well, Bobby? That's kind of what we're working <laughs> on. But, uh, hey, it's, uh, you know, we're kind of into full off-season mode now. And we are. Uh, with the Super Bowl in the rearview mirror, we're going to probably cover a lot of ground these next several weeks about, about tags, about uh, combines, about the draft. Uh, this is honestly my favorite time of the year. If A guy told me a long time ago working in the NFL, he said, listen – he said, this would be a great gig if we didn't have to play games. If we didn't have to, yeah. like, if we could just, like, sign players and, like, and draft players and kind of like, okay, whose roster, whose roster looks better on paper? But they make you play games. But, uh, like I said, this is my 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 favorite time of the year with the draft, pro days, and uh, combine everything on the horizon. Now, I know uh, before we jump into Cowboys talk here just really quickly, I know that we had a number of people, especially on the YouTube uh, in the comments there on the YouTube that we're, we're feeling for you uh, with your bad luck with the car. Do we have any Brian brought us car updates after the hit and run? Yeah, I was on, uh, I was on the, the phone this morning. I had to go to my cardiologist. When you get old, you have to go to a heart doctor. So oh. now, now I'm doing the cardiologist thing. So on the way to the cardiologist, I had to visit with uh, a very cheerful, bright young lady with Allstate. Uh, we walked through all kinds of options and what was going on and how this all happened. Uh, I am I, I miss I miss my Nissan Rogue because I'm mm. driving I'm driving a Nissan Versa right now. The Versa is a little smaller, but yeah, I can't uh, imagine you in a Versa. That that would be very small. Yeah, it's it's very small. I miss my Rogue, uh, but everybody, you know, like I said, it's you know it's unfortunate out there that. Uh, you go through situations where, you know, these, you know, hit and runs and stuff like that. I mean, I, you know, thank God my phone had a camera and took a picture, but uh, you know, all state's been great. I'm, I'm not, it's, it's not trying to endorse all state here, but if they want to come on board with love of the star, we'd love to have them, but, Absolutely. Uh, but they've done a really, really nice job of handling this thing. And in a kind of a difficult time, I went from getting my truck stolen to getting a new car now to getting my new car hit. You know, it's just, it's never easy, but I think there's a lot of people out there that are far worse off than me. And my prayers are for you guys every single day. Uh, well, good. Uh, good, good that, uh, you've got the cheery disposition. I think I'd be much more surly than you, Brian, personally, yeah, I'm good. Uh, but you, you, you always, uh, turn around. All right, let's talk about these Cowboys and specifically, uh, next segment, we're going to dive a little bit into 
some of the considerations at 26, particularly yeah. corner. Yeah. Uh, so, so we'll dive into some of that. Like we've told you guys before, we're going to do a lot of uh, draft conversation just from the work Brian and I do with DallasCowboys.com and in researching some of these players. But Brian, let's kick off first with before they get to the draft, there will be some questions about extensions and, and questions about do they want to pay guys now? Do they want to wait in offseason? Uh, and I think the four names that really stand out here are CeeDee Lamb and Trayvon Diggs, who are eligible for contract extensions this offseason. Terrence Steele, who, though he's a free agent, he's a restricted free agent, which means, in, a, in essence, the Cowboys have complete control over him. Whatever they, if they want to keep him, they can. Um, and so because of that, it sort of functions like an extension if you get it done. And then the other one is Dak Prescott. And the the questions that surround getting his deal extended, or if you'd rather not touch that, or if you're going to touch it, you'd rather restructure than extend. And so we're going to dive into the all these topics. Let's talk about the young guys first who are coming into their, their earliest eligibility. The one I think maybe the easiest one to get done, and, and that's uh, C.D. Lamb. Uh, I, I think Lamb and, and Steele are going to be two guys that I would expect. I'd be surprised if we get to training camp and Lamb and Steele don't have new deals. Um, but, but specifically with Lamb, let's talk about him first. Uh, Brian, do you anticipate any, any sort of hiccups there? Do you think the Cowboys have said, or I should say this, do you anticipate the Cowboys at all saying, let's put it off another year? Or do you think they'd like to say, let's get ahead of it now. We have two years of control, which means if we extend it, we can kind of finagle the numbers a little bit better, a little bit easier. Let's make sure we just get this done now. Yeah, and you know, I'll put the question back to you because I think you got a really good handle of this Lamb one because of his agent and you wouldn't you the conversations that you and I were talking about mm-hmm. uh, that the deals that this agent has structured before that they have some parameters that they kind of understand how this works and so I'll let you better explain that. Uh, you're right about it. I think that the Cowboys, if I can say one thing, Bobby, the Cowboys yeah. need to get back to getting on these deals earlier uh, and not waiting and not, you know, uh, yeah, they have the fifth-year option with Lamb. They don't have the fifth-year option with Diggs. So maybe Diggs is a little bit more pressing for him right now. But there was a time and place where the Cowboys did a really nice job of staying ahead of and getting contracts done before they got out of hand. They lost their way a little bit with Dak Prescott. And, you know, what happened with Dak, it – instead of being possibly a $28 million, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, but uh, you know maybe a 28 to $30 million contract turns into well over $40 million a year by not being very proactive. Now, Dak's agent wasn't going to give you a lot of a latitude there. There were a lot of conversations. The agent changed, uh, uh, changed agencies. Uh, there was talk about him carrying uh, several of his players that were on tags, to the new agency yeah, that, that might've presented some problems for him. So there were a lot of things that they dealt with with the Prescott, but I do the bottom line here is they need to get back to that approach where identify early and try and get stuff done early. Now uh, you also though have a little bit of a history here where these players now say, well, if you just hold Dallas up, you'll end up getting more money. You know, that's, I, I don't know if that's fair or not, but it's if, it, it's probably it's probably their reputation with some people. It is. It's like Dallas will Dallas will cave. And you know, I have the utmost respect for 
Stephen Jones and Adam Pacifica and Todd Williams and those guys that do contracts, but they have to feel like, you know, we need to, they need to do a little bit better job of staggering these contracts. So they're not all falling at the same time. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. that, that could be a problem, but I, I feel like the, um, the, the thing with Schultz, or excuse me, Schultz with steel is interesting because that's a tender, right? Is that a, like a yeah, first, so, first so round you tender, can, second yes. round tender? So yeah. you can tender, you can tender uh, Terrence Steele, basically a first round tender, which is a fixed salary amount and a compensation amount. So that if some team wanted to come in and sign Terrence Steele, the Cowboys would either get to match it or take the first round draft pick. I would imagine they'll give him a first round tender mm-hmm. um, and, and they can work out a new deal if they like. They, they can get him signed up uh, for a new deal. And we'll we'll dive into the Steele numbers here in a sec. The, the parameters on the lamb deal make yeah, go go through the lamb thing because i know you have some thoughts about that one so to me when you look at who's the closest receiver that lamb mirrored the first two years of his career it was terry mclaurin yeah and mclaurin and lamb had stunningly similar numbers uh through the first two years of their career i mean i think it was like the exact same amount of yards it was like a catch-off it was the same touchdowns it was it was the same player lamb his third year performed at a much higher level than McLaurin did before McLaurin got his extension, which was three years, $68.3 million. So we're talking about 22.7 annually for McLaurin. Very easy for Lamb's representatives to point at that and go, he needs more than that. Uh, the two deals this past offseason that CeeDee Lamb's agent negotiated, Tory Dandy at CAA, uh, one of the best agents around, uh, he had negotiated Debo Samuel, and then more specifically, probably more relevant to this discussion, A.J. Brown. And Debo Samuel got done at $23.85 million annually over three years. So three years, $71 million. A.J. Brown got four years, 100 And so that's $25 million annually. To me, I think it's, it's pretty clear. And then when you consider the salary cap growth, the fact that the cap went up another $16 million this year, I think it's very easy to see that you take the parameters of Samuel Brown. Obviously you can compare, here's what McLaurin got lamb per outperformed McLaurin third year before the contract deal. So we need to go above that. I think it's very easy to potentially see them come to the table and saying four years, $104 million, 26 million annually, a million up from where AJ Brown, who's in the same division just signed because we got cap increases here. But four years, $104 million. And when you tack that on to CeeDee Lamb's final two years of his contract, you can lessen that burden. It essentially becomes, uh, I'll tell you right now, uh, with four years and $104 million, his current contract would be two years, $21 million, if you include the fifth-year option. So that becomes essentially a six-year, $125 million deal. Yeah, And I think... Everybody generally okay with that? Yeah, I mean, to me, the, the thing that you've seen from C.D. Lamb is that once he became the number one receiver, that his production elevated, his game elevated to that, to that level where you would be comfortable paying him that. You really would. As compared to, you know, the guys that you are comparing him to are outstanding receivers in their own right. So I, I don't have a problem with his contract at all. So I think that that's one that it's really easy to just see 
where the market is, where CD fits into that market, some of those things. So that's to me why I think Lamb is probably the easiest deal to get done is just because I think it's clear from everybody's sides, all right, this is who he is. This is what he's worth. It's very easy to just slot this in. I, I don't feel like this one should be pulling teeth the way some of their recent negotiations have. Uh, you know, the other question here, we, we just mentioned there, Terrence Steele. And when you look at the breakdown of the top right tackles in the game, which is what uh, Terrence Steele would be, he's a right tackle. And they generally still, it's not so much how much are tackles paid, it's more right versus left. Left tackles still generally get paid a lot more than the right tackles do across the league. But when you look at the top rankings, number nine on the highest paid uh, right tackles annually is Lyle Collins. So it's very easy to say, well, you picked us over him. He's getting paid above him. And I think when you take a look at it, is it that unreal, Brian, considering Lyle Collins is ninth, is it that unrealistic for Terrence Steele to say, I want to be like the fifth or sixth best paid right tackle in the NFL. I don't think it's unrealistic because, and, and this is what's amazing to me is the Cowboys running game fell off when he went out, when he Mm -hmm. was gone all of a sudden. And I'm one of these guys, Bobby, as you know, from doing the show with me and working with me on one Oh five, three, the fan, I felt like that Tyron Smith coming in would give them a boost at that right tackle spot. Yeah. It really didn't work out that way. He was good, but he wasn't Terrence Steele good. And so I'm interested to see with now Mike Solari being the offensive line coach, mm-hmm. what what he thinks of Terrence Steele. And because Joe Philbin thought he hung the moon. You know, he clearly liked Terrence Steele more than he liked Lyle Collins, you know, going forward. And yep. so I'm I'm interested in the whispers that we hear coming out of the star and maybe even at the combine of how do they have these young tackles ranked? Terrence Steele clearly better than Tyler Smith. You know, is it just way above? Or do you feel Tyler Smith's better? I I, I, the, the tender and what they tender him will be fascinating. And I think it'll tell you a lot about what Mike Solari, uh, Will McClay. I, I think the scouts and Will and Jared Steven have a high regard for Terrence Steele. I'm interested to see new offensive line coach Mike Solari and what his opinion is of him. So I think there's a, a motivation to get Steele done, though. Um, yeah. because when, and I think there would be – a motivation from Steele not to wait it out because you are a restricted free agent. So you can get the first round tender. I don't remember how much that is. I think it's been somewhere around like three and a half, four million in the past. Um, I don't, I don't know where that's at today, but um, you're, you're talking about leaving a lot of money on the table. If you just go, well, let's play hardball and and wait this out a little bit. I think it'd be in Terrence Steele's best interest to get paid now and yeah. take advantage of his career earnings while he can. Uh, a lot of times uh, you, you'll see the Cowboys did this with Lyle Collins. You'll hit him with a three-year extension uh, around this time with some of the restricted free agents. So, Brian, if we're looking at fifth to sixth highest paid right tackle, that would be about $15 million a year. So Terrence Steele, three years, $45 million. Uh, that's about a million more than you paid for Zach Martin uh, about five, six years ago. So not a ridiculous amount of inflation obviously Zach Martin was the top of the guard market so to get a a 
I think fairly you, you can fairly call him a top 10 right tackle in the NFL now. Um, I, I, I don't have a problem with, you know, $15 million annually. I'll tell you what, if we'd had this discussion 365 days ago, I would have called you the biggest idiot ever. <laughs> you would I'm the idiot for not seeing this kid develop the way he did. Uh, Joe Philbin had a plan about him. Joe Philbin said he was first in, last to leave. He worked hard. He was dedicated. He wanted to learn. There's still some things about him that you go, man, that that guy, he, you know, maybe he lacks a little power, maybe he lacks a little strength, but there's things that make up for that that he does. I just feel like though at right tackle, that's that's a tough one for me, Bobby, just because I've got this in my mind, you know, about the player, but he's better than what I think. And, you know, is he still going to be deficient in areas? Yeah, I think so. But is he better than a lot of these right tackles in the league? Sure. Absolutely. So if you put him somewhere in the top six, I feel like you probably got him in the right spot. So that's that's one question there. The other question that still needs to be asked, and, and I've hit on these four, uh, I, I think we'll save for later this week. Uh, we'll save the Dak and Diggs discussions just because we, we've already gone a little long talking about these two. But the other, the third question, and maybe we decide to include them, him on Friday, do you think – would you engage at all in, in uh, extension negotiations or discussions with Tyler Biotish? Yeah, that's a tough position to find. I, I feel like that there's a couple of centers in this draft. Um, but, you know, th- here's another guy that you drafted, you developed. He was a he was a guy that really Joe Philbin kind of brought along. Uh, yeah. His awareness improved. His overall play improved. He wasn't a liability uh, against those heavy noses. Uh, second level play was good. Um, yeah, I, I totally have the confidence in him. The problem is, you know, um, you're looking at a situation where you're going to go back to paying all these offensive linemen again. You know, and maybe, maybe it's maybe with the way that the Cowboys evaluate offensive linemen. Now we'll see about with Ball. And we'll let's go and guys like that. But man, these first round linemen, every time they tab one, they seem to hit a they hit. And you know, maybe it's gonna be a point in time where they're gonna like going, okay, we can't pay all these guys, but if we keep drafting offensive linemen at 26, 27, maybe that's the best route to go and just keep trying to hope that you have the seasons and you know, we'll figure out the offensive line is always going to kind of be a first-round selection late in the draft, and then we'll work on the other positions going from there because they just can't pay all these guys. Well, we'll have to dive in this a little bit more because you still got to remember you're you're potentially shelling out $30 million plus per year for Mike Parsons next offseason. And so a lot of questions for the Cowboys to answer uh, on their, their salary cap ledger. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.